0: Thanks so much for listening into today's episode, guys. Today I'll be speaking with Winston Lamb, a actor, model, ninja warrior, content creator, and business owner of Cali Studio and Envisage Clothing. From growing up with diversity adversity challenges, and from handing out pens on the street to creating content with some brands you've probably heard of before, like Domino's Pizza, Toyota, Culture Kings, Asai Brothers and Honda to making his way onto acting as well now. And you've most likely recently seen him on Ninja Warrior Australia. We talk about what steps he took to overcome his own struggles with identity issues and overcoming mental obstacles. We talk about how he grew up and what obstacles he's had to face, how he started modeling, and that he struggled with communicating outside of his businesses and felt socially uncomfortable at the time before he got into modeling or acting what his perspective is on pursuing modeling acting business and personal growth and we also touch on how he manages himself now with running two businesses modeling and going to the next acting job thanks so much for listening in guys and i hope you enjoyed this episode Hey, Winston. Thanks so much for joining the podcast
1: today. I really appreciate your time. Before we dive in, who are you and what do you do? Uh, Thanks for having me, Chris. My name is Winston Lamb. I founded Envisage Clothing and founded Cali CEO. So I run two businesses. I do talent work on the side, which is basically modeling and acting. And I was on Australian Ninja Warrior for season three. Yeah, I had Kwame on here. I've had two um, Ninja Warriors on this podcast now. Kwame's great. He's, uh, he's hilarious. He's the biggest dude. I don't know. Have you seen him in real life? I haven't seen him in real life. I've seen all his videos and photos
2: and he uh. looks like a very big, crazy man, but I've never met <laughs> anyone nicer when I was talking to him on the podcast.
1: Yeah. No, he is Um, he is as nice as he is big He's and he's huge. He's like a truck. It's yeah.
2: hilarious. He's got proper, proper big wheels on him, that's for sure. <laughs> so let's uh, jump right in. So let's dive into, you know, you're at this point in your life now because different things in your life have structured you. So let's dive into what your upbringing was like and how it helped shape you into who you are today.
1: I get the question a lot, what is my ethnicity? So I'll probably go into that. First off, I was born and raised Brizzy. I haven't really lived anywhere else except Brizzy. But my mum is from China and russia so she's chinese russian Uh, and dad is actually malaysian chinese they migrated here when they were quite young started a business so i guess i've always had that kind of work ethic built into me and like kind of like an entrepreneur mindset i don't like saying the word entrepreneur but like a business builder's mindset instilled in me from a very very young age i went to university studied law and arts majored in psychology and economics in there and then dropped out because I figured I'd just run the family business instead. And what was the point of getting an education if I could just go into straight into what I wanted to do, which was run a business. From there, founded about six different businesses, about, well, probably seven now. Five of them failed pretty miserably. And now I'm running Cali Studio and Invisit Clothing, which is a uniform company. And it's cool how you talked about
2: the hot word, entrepreneur. I think like the biggest thing to like what I've said to people is you're either fixed or your growth mindset so you've adapted that like that growth mindset in your life you know from your upbringing which is really cool and it essentially it's a gift to have that opportunity to get that growth mindset when you're younger too so i think it's it's always good not saying you can't get that growth mindset anyone can but it's cool that you've had that upbringing and you've learned a lot of lessons that a lot of people are only learning just today in their 30s 40s
1: yeah definitely the exposure to that is so so important and i guess it's it's a lot easier for people now because there's just so much content out there. I know that you're a big fan of Gary Vee, but literally any self help person out there has started a business. And that's basically what they're doing is um, that growth mindset and stealing that growth mindset. And it's like, it's so invaluable because it's not something that schools teach you. Like, the, the education system, as it is at the moment, won't really teach you how to go through starting something, but they'll teach you how to work inside of something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The biggest thing, too, is, like, I didn't even know what an invoice
2: was when I first started my business. And yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I had a client, and they're like, yeah, I'll just invoice you. And I was like, excuse me, what is that? Yeah and that's a particular thing. Hey, you know, don't get me wrong school systems. They will teach you the basics. They'll give you what Mm. you need. They'll give you bread and butter, but ideally they're not going to give you nice things like a roast on a Sunday is the best way I can describe it. Everything I've learned today is probably similar to a lot of people. It's all self-taught. If I haven't learned it off YouTube, I've learned it off a seminar or I've done a course, or I've gotten to a little bit too obsessive with like picking someone's brain until they give me the answer that I want.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a hundred percent like just content like yours, even this podcast, you just pick up on business vernacular, that you, you just don't use in the traditional educational system. Like literally just like invoices and bills Yeah, for or like sure. a profit and loss. Oh, huge thing. Had no idea what that was either. Yeah. Such a learning
2: curve. Yeah. Just simple things like that. And how do you think having that growth mindset? Do you think that's what's helped you like come to this point in your life with you know managing and actually creating successful businesses now versus before? What was the what was the turning point of going through all those businesses to now? What do you think snapped?
1: One of the one of the main things you can do, and if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur, is always look optimistically at opportunity. And I think that that's super important because if you can, everyone's going to have their adversity, everyone's going to have their struggles, and it's the person that can switch up their mindset and look at it from a perspective of opportunity that pushes them into the next level, right? So for example, there was there was a period of my life that was like pretty terrible, like not substantially terrible, but terrible in, in my circumstances. We were like way, way in debt. Parents were getting divorced. It was really, really messy divorce. Mum was going through depression. I was in law school. I was going through a breakup at that time. But what I found really important was trying to look for what i could be grateful for which is like one of the things that a lot of mental health professionals tell you to do is is look for something to be grateful because if you can find something to be grateful for it's impossible to be depressed because it's the exact opposite of what what you're looking for and then finding opportunity within that so we were going through this really really rough time i had to sit down and make actual conscious decisions as to what I was gonna do, and then create a vision. I think a lot of entrepreneurs know this, but you spend a lot of time daydreaming about what the future would, would look like. And I guess everyone does that, but if you put it down on paper and you actually write it all down, what you'll find is that then you'll have a direction, you'll have a purpose, once you're aligned with that, everything else kind of gets out of the way. Your problems are more manageable because how do they relate to your purpose? And then your decision-making criteria becomes really concise. So you look at it and everything that comes your way, your decision-making criteria is basically like, does this serve my purpose? Does this serve what, what my vision is? And if it's a yes, then go after it. If it's a no, then not ignore it, but deal with it as it should, and then move on from there. So that, during that time, it was like, it was literally going back to basics, finding out what I wanted to do, putting that all on paper and then working out every step of my life. So it was, it was literally the basics, the basics basics. And this is for anyone that's like been in a really, really, really tough spot. It was just things like, okay, what time do I wake up? Will it serve my purpose to wake up at six, seven or eight o'clock in the morning? I've got to brush my teeth. I've got to make my bed. And all those things were like just the bare bone basics, go to work, go to sleep. And that was it. And I'd be happy if my day ended like that. And then slowly I just build up on those basics. And then within like two weeks, if you add to those basics every day and you go back to that decision-making criteria, every single decision you make within two weeks, you've already built up a lifestyle that's conducive to building a lifestyle that's like 90% better than a lot of people out there, right? and I think that's the biggest thing like that we
2: can fail to realize is that just because someone let's use the private example of Instagram everyone lives like this fairy tale life but no one actually sees as i used the other day no one sees you drawing picture or painting but the painting you know no. that, like there's so much so much work that goes into those fairy tale photos say on Instagram whatever it may be because it's it's such an easy example But the biggest thing is to everyone, there's once a month in a week, like I'll just have one week where I'm just like, there's no motivation. I'm feeling jet lag. It's like in a training plan. You've got to have a week off in a four week cycle. Like you've just got to deload your body. You got to let yourself just recover and then you can get back to training again, you know, having that progressive overload. So just constantly progressing and constantly having um, a result. But if we're constantly going full ham every, every day of every hour, when we're doing our chores or our jobs or our achievements, we end up getting stuck in this hustle mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, work uh, hard, but like, I think it's the very like obsessive personality that like I have for me personally, it's, I know what I want. Like you said, I know my purpose and I know that I want to get somewhere and I know how I'm going to get somewhere. So why not use the steps that need to be taken? And the good thing I think that was perfect, what you just said before was, is that brushing your teeth super important there's more like there's so much more to brushing get up make your bed brush your teeth why is that important you've started your day the right way but you're also looking after yourself there's your
1: first self-care habit yeah and i love that you bring everything back to training because that's like that's the way i think yeah pick that up from arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh everything has to be kind of celebrated and in that way especially if, if you're in a rut you have to celebrate every little step that you do. So that's why I use the example of getting up and brushing your teeth and making your bed. Because if you can start with just like three ticks off on like a checklist, you've already started your day off well. And then everything in comparison to that, you kind of think, oh, okay, well, I've already done three things that I needed to do. And then you get out of that overwhelming sense of I need to do everything at the one time, which is that also the other side of an entrepreneurial mindset is hustling as hard as you can all the time because you definitely need like you said you need like deload phases and like a week of week of calming down and then going hard again as well yeah rest definitely.
2: <laughs> like are you hustling and busy or are you being productive and effective yeah
1: yeah and yeah that's 100%. Like
2: a huge thing that i was at many points I'd be like yeah i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy i've done like one thing off my off my list i've just mm. looked at my um my iphone or computer for two to three hours because my brain's not working anymore yeah, but I'm trying yeah. to
1: force myself to
2: work—it's yeah. just like pointless.
1: I think there's a there's a dangerous thing coming out of a society where being busy is kind of like a personality trait. It's not a behavior that that people are using, but it's it's like oh, that person is just busy all the time, which is just very warped thinking. And that's just creating like a bigger issue with.
2: Um... With that disconnection too to people, yes, you've got to fill your yourself and you know be selfish and work towards your own goals. But what happens if you isolate yourself to a point where your goals don't mean anything anymore? So, with your reward system that you've just talked
1: about, how do you actually reward yourself and how do you structure that in a way that's not overindulging for yourself too? This is this has been a contentious issue for me. This idea of setting out a reward system for goals that I achieve, I've never found that very helpful for my own process. The process that I run is like, I get I get this from like a lot of self-help gurus, but they basically say fall in love with the process, right? So if you're in love with what you do, it doesn't become like a chore equals a goal or a chore equals a goal equals a reward system. It kind of becomes every single thing that you do is a reward system. So you're just happy doing everything that you do. And if you can do that, adherence becomes like a lot easier. So I'm a big advocate for finding exactly what you like to do because you would adhere to that a lot easier than doing something that you dislike doing and then trying to reward yourself every step of the way. If you can get yourself into a situation where the things that you don't like to do, find someone that is capable of doing that, double down on the things that you are good at and double down on the things that you enjoy doing and then everything becomes much easier and and streamline is is my thinking of that and that's like super effective
2: it's a huge thing i've thought about that same thing like constantly because it is something that i personally struggle with too Mm. the traditional model of like goal setting where you you know you give yourself a reward for achieving things but for me personally the same thing like i find that it creates more of a toxic relationship you know me actually getting things done because i'm creating this forced checklist to get ticked off every day versus i can just enjoy and be happier doing that thing because then i can be more creative and like innovative side in myself to be like oh, okay sweet. well this is you know this is dog shit i don't want to do this every day yeah and i yeah i just think that's the biggest thing with your reward system it's obviously gotten you to the place you are now because yep. you are, in, you enjoy the process, you, your lifestyle is like very effective, very active, like you're always achieving something, you're creating new content. How did you get into modelling for yeah. some of the brands that you've modelled for? Where did you start? Um, who did you work with and how did you build your portfolio to date?
1: Yeah, cool. Uh, so I'll probably start uh, macro and then I'll go right into actionable steps that you take. Ac- Talent work wasn't something that I ever really considered growing up. I'll tell you the whole anecdote of how I got into it. So you did acting too, sorry. I'm doing acting at the moment. But it it wasn't something that I really considered doing. I've always really loved the arts and I've always had an appreciation for acting and things like that. It came about because I went through a really, really tough breakup. And then at this time, basically my social skills were shot to shit. So I was so socially awkward. I couldn't, I was, at this time, I was running a business with 15 employees. So in in that space... I was pretty comfortable. But if if you met me on the street, I wouldn't be able to ask for directions. I wouldn't be able to talk to anyone. I got so inside my own head and so socially awkward and and shot for confidence and really low self-esteem. It got to the point where I was sitting there in my room and I was like, How do I fix this? And so in a knee-jerk reaction, I kind of was like, I need to find a job where I'm The most maximum exposed to what I'm uncomfortable with, and so what was available to me was promo work. So I was literally the guy walking down the streets, and and at this time I was still running this multi-million dollar business. But I take Wednesdays off, and I do Saturdays and Sundays where I'd be the guy working for Vodafone in the middle of the store. I did Vodafone, I did PlayStation 4 virtual reality stuff, and I did office works where I was handing out pens, and I had to literally go up to people and. And talk to them for like 15 minutes at a time, introduce myself, put myself out there. And this was coming from someone that at that time I was, I couldn't talk without a stutter. I couldn't look at people's, in people's eyes. I was just like in a really, really terrible mindset, like anxiety through the roof. And then slowly from that, I just, because I exposed myself so to the max, then I was sitting there one time with one of my coworkers And she was like, you should sign with an agent because I did a TV ad for $5,000. And every year they've renewed that ad. So I've made $5,000 off that ad. And then I've made another 20 grand every year off that ad. And I was like, well, sign me up. I need to be on this. I emailed that agent, sat on it for about six months, forgot about it. Then went back and signed with that agent who is SaaS management, if anyone wants to know. And from there, I got an extras role on Tidelands which is the Netflix series, and then from there it was it just steamrolled. And a lot of people will think that modeling and acting is kind of you have got to be in the right place at the right time, but I'd argue that you actually have to do quite a lot of work for that as well. So um, going out, organizing photo shoots with photographers that are looking for content, photographers that are looking to basically just to shoot cool stuff. If you can find those people that who are really invaluable, you will actually have a portfolio to put together. And then you can present that to brands or you could put that up on Instagram, which is how I got like a lot of a lot of my work is just posting up on Instagram. I found out later that I did a Toyota ad about at that time, about like 80 percent of my content was shirtless photos, <laughs> me promoting my gym. And they they cast me from one photo that I did in a polo shirt that I did for a friend because he was he asked me to model for him and they cast me from that. So the more variety you can have in your portfolio and be specific about it, what your look is or what you're trying to achieve in each photo, because that's what brands are looking for, right? They're looking for specificity. So if you can present yourself as like a sophisticated person and look as bad as it sounds, look cliche as much as possible. So if you're trying to look like the upper, upper middle class person that's affluent and um wearing a polo shirt, do that because that's what Toyota is going to, hire you for if you're looking to get like a protein sponsorship then take off your shirt (laughs) and pose in the sun and find the find the good lighting angles because that's what protein uh, companies are looking for and they'll hire you solely off a photo because if they can replicate that photo then that's their job done that's the
2: biggest thing hey everyone's trying to be something they're trying to create their own little niche but then they just stop themselves from actually getting more opportunities in growing as you know, a model or actor and actually growing their portfolio, but they restricting themselves and limiting themselves because they want to be one specific thing. But like you just said, then you got to start handing out pens so that you can, you know, start to be on extras in on TV or work with really cool brands. Like you have, I know you did something with culture Kings, which was cool. Don't look at the end, look at the start. Like if what happened, if you didn't start handing out those pens, would you actually be confident right now to do what you've done? That's the biggest question.
1: Yeah, that's a hundred percent, and it all comes back to what you were originally saying is that growth mindset. So you always have to look at look at it through the lens of um, I'm not where I where I want to be, but if if you cut that out and you say I'm always moving towards where I want to be, then you're always achieving every day. You're achieving, and it's not you don't. It's not like a month or two years time where okay, finally I've achieved it. It's literally like. I've handed out three pens today (laughs) and And it becomes a game. And that's like the most fun thing with it. right? And then, yeah. So that plays into the whole adherence and you enjoy doing what you're doing because every step of the way is you're grateful for every step of the way instead of having like this end goal and then finally rewarding yourself at the end. And Um, you're like, super, I'm going to repeat that
2: whole process again. And I'm going to feel this exact same as I did when I started. Yeah. One little thing I remember like that I've always done when I was younger, I'd always play games and just like, even when I was really younger, always just like, I always had business on my mind. I remember my first thing, right. was, I wanted to teach people how to play the PlayStation. I I wasn't good at that. I just wanted to make, like make a business and do something. But the biggest thing I got from that was if we look at life like a game, Mm. it just, we're just leveling up constantly. Like, and you've just got to enjoy each level as much as you can because what happens when you get to the end of your game and then
1: you're gone yeah i love that it's that um it's the idea of you don't have to be perfect or something to be able to to sell it but sure. it's something that doesn't have to be perfect for you to sell it you actually learn quite a lot just starting off and doing it right absolutely
2: i think that's the biggest thing everyone wants to be a master but no one's willing to start at a novice level mm. Yeah, exactly. A few more things as well is you've been on Ninja Warrior. How did that process go? What was the experience like? And what did you get out of that?
1: Ninja Warrior was like the best experience of my life. It was like being at the Olympics. It was like the closest thing I could experience to being at the Olympics, which is wild because I've always wanted to be like a professional athlete. The, the audition process was basically filling out a form for an application, shooting a video. And anyone that's out there listening to this and wanting to be on the show, there are a lot of fit people out there, and everyone is fit, and everyone can do wild, wild stuff. The green room in Ninja Warrior is basically every fitness freak that you know on Instagram. We've had situations where there's handstand competitions, and everyone can do a handstand push up back there. Everyone can do like a muscle up back there. So if you're thinking that you'll get on the show through fitness prowess, probably not the best idea. You need to have a compelling story because in the end, it is TV. It needs to be entertaining. So whatever you put out there, you don't have to fake it, but everyone's got a story to tell and you just have to tell it succinctly and concisely and articulate it really, really well in about 30 seconds. If you can yeah. do that, you're on the show. And they'll take they'll take anyone as long as you're relatable, likable, and compelling. Um, you don't even have to be compelling really. You just have to be relatable and likable. So I know there's been people on there that have run fish and chip stores and they're representing everyone that runs a fish and chip store for me myself i took the route of i grew up like a stereotypical like almost like a caricature of an asian kid building computers and stuff and then slowly slowly got into gym and then turned my life around and got a lot more confidence through that and then went on to ninja warrior just to show that i did have that athletic prowess and that alone got me on, on the show. And, and I know that that alone was the reason why producers really enjoyed putting me on the show. It doesn't have to be fake. It doesn't even have to be a sad story. It can just be something that people can relate to. So that, yeah, that's, that would be my advice. And that, that's basically my advice for any time that you're trying to market yourself is try to be yourself, but make it concise and succinct and get it across as quickly as possible. Yeah, for
2: sure. Definitely. Because, well, it's, I guess it's like a at the end at the end of the day it is a business pitch you're pitching yourself like what are your values what are your beliefs where do you come from and how are you going to make a positive change in um this business or this tv show yeah 100 percent. and if you're you know you're too stuck on the first step which is like identifying your own values and beliefs and what you stand for as a person then how are you going to inspire more people to be better
1: yeah yeah um that whole journey of finding that is 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 really really important and the more you can do that, the more introspection you can do, what your gift to the world should be, the more time you can spend on that, the easier it is to get that across. And that's what people really buy into, right? As long as they can see that in themselves. And what do you think it was hard for you to find your own values and beliefs when you were young? Yeah, 100%. My biggest problem growing up was probably my identity issues. So too Asian for the Asian kids, too Asian for the white kids, too too white for the Asian kids. But then that slowly became something that I can leverage now. And like I'm not afraid to say this, but a lot of my acting gigs and a lot of my modeling gigs I'll get because of diversity. They'll know, okay, we'll we'll put him in because of diversity. And I'm all for that. Like I, I think that I do get jobs based on I'm good at what I do and I make good content. But I also understand that there is that need for the Asian guy. And so, if the more honest I can be about that, the better. And it it was something that growing up, I hated about my life. I was, I hated being too Asian. I was really, really embarrassed, and which was such a terrible, toxic. Thing to think when you're when you're younger and I guess everyone goes through identity issues when they're a teenager but if you can leverage who you are and bring that to the world because as long as you're a good person yeah for sure definitely and you know I guess it's about
2: understanding that you need a plumber to fix taps yeah. you need you know a mechanic to fix a car just because you're a different diversity or you're in a different specific place or niche or business or whatever it is doesn't mean that you're less valued it just means that that's where you are as a person and exactly right you need to understand that you know you're either a good person or you're a bad person if we identify a good person a good person is someone who wants to make an impact on the world for themselves and others and isn't bringing people around them down but only you know empowering people to be better versus a a bad person is someone who for me personally like my perspective a bad person would be someone who only thinks about themselves is constantly pessimistic and is actually having no real impact on the world mm-hmm. bad people aren't bad people forever bad people can be good people and that's you just need a bit of a like an a change perspective to get someone to think in, in a certain way and this isn't like down this road what i most as well say it's like it's not rainwashing
1: it's just like helping people identify who they are who they want to be yeah no I, I like how you put it i feel a lot of pessimistic people are projecting their own their own self-confidence or their own problems onto other people but it is it is entirely possible to get yourself out of that. You just gotta find a catalyst for doing that, for doing so. As much as everyone will always tell you, it's it's literally just a decision that you have to make. And as soon as you make that decision to change your mindset, you've basically done it. So all you have to do is literally just your own decision to do. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think it was
2: hard for you to like I guess like for yourself? Because I know for me personally, I know what when I used to drink and i used to go out and this isn't wasn't a social thing this was like a a pure problem i had binging myself with all these like external things to make myself feel good because i didn't feel good in myself inside was found it was quite hard for me to make that transition until i actually you know create a purpose so like do you think it's hard was hard for you if you were at that point to um transition creating your own purpose or do you think it's more about identifying what that thing is
1: and allowing people to help you or allowing yourself to actually do it for myself i've always known that i've had i've had this amazing support group around me so and they've been there through thick and thin so they've always been there um no matter if i was on a low or on a high they've always been my support system so it was never there's never a thing of seeking out support because they've always been there but I think it was more identifying what my purpose should be and then making a decision to do that but most the biggest part of that was identifying what I wanted to do and then I always use this but I think it's really important to find out what you don't like as much as it is what you do like because I know society gets a lot of um you're living in a society where certain things are are cool and certain things are uncool or And there's always this social pressure to to like certain things or or dislike certain things. For me, it was surfing. So I always thought that surfing would be the coolest thing you could do. And I still think it's the coolest thing you do. But I went out and I tried it a bunch of times for for about six months. I was trying to surf. I can say wholeheartedly, I fucking hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, I suck at it. It's boring for me. It's hard to do. And I have to wake up early in the morning. The whole process is just, arduous and tedious and um i really really dislike it but there's there's always a social pressure to think oh well surfing's really cool i have to i have to like surfing um in order to fit in but the sooner you can realize that you you can dislike things and you can like things then everything kind of narrows in and then you can find out okay well i really like calisthenics and i really like design and i really like content creating so what can i do in these three avenues, where I can find something that I do like, what do I not like? Oh, I don't like traditional resistance training. I don't like the idea of going into a gym and training for aesthetics. I don't like the idea of hardcore diets that that leave you more looking, traumatized than you go back in. <laughs> yeah, more traumatized leave you way more unhealthy than than you look. So narrowing down that and understanding what the bad, what the things that you dislike are, really really helps you narrow in on what your purpose should be and what you do like flows all the way back into adherence and the more you like what you do the more you do what you like the more you don't do what you dislike means that you'll do what you like and you'll get better at the things that you do like and ultimately if you can specify like that then you'll always have a better gift to give to the world than if you were trying to do everything that you didn't like and trying to be something that you're not
2: yeah, definitely I mentioned this before in the last podcast. Actually, just not being a jack of all trades in trying to trying to do everything, and definitely trying to please other people by doing everything as well. Mm. It's like when someone says, "Oh, have you have you seen this that movie?" and you're like, "I haven't actually," and they're like, "Oh, you definitely need to see." It. You're like, no, it doesn't. It's not really my movie. Mm. And then, but you 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 get that pressure from that because they they might be like, "No, but you need to see this movie," and they get really adamant about watching this movie that is only gonna probably
1: waste your time yeah and it it feels really uncomfortable like well at least for me it'd feel really really uncomfortable to say no to something like that you probably if you listen to this podcast you probably intuitively know what you what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. You and you need to be honest about what you're not going to do. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So on the subject, like we've heard about,
2: you know, where you started, what you've done, how you think, which has been really cool. I can relate to a lot, a lot of it actually, which is really, it's really always nice when you can connect with someone and be like, ah, oh, yeah, um, I'm not insane. This is good. Um, yeah. You've been on Ninja Warrior. You've been involved with like world-class brands for modeling, creating content. Run two businesses and you're actually changed your whole business model recently. What's your business model now and like how has it changed? Because obviously, isolation has affected your whole business.
1: Because of COVID, we had to, COVID 19, we had to close down the gym, obviously. So we we don't run classes anymore. It was a pretty simple concept to pivot to, which is basically online training. So we've moved over to online training where you can do calisthenics and bodyweight training wherever you can find the space anytime that you want to log in, log in, all the exercises are there, tutorials are there, information is there, and they're all given to you in workouts, sets and reps, which is perfect. So a lot of the uh, guesswork is is taken out of it. All you have to do is just adhere to that actual workout program. But the decision in making that pivot wasn't a super hard one because, I mean, if you're running your business, you kind of know what you should be doing. If you're running it well, at least, you kind of know what you should be doing. It's just a matter of executing that wholeheartedly and and making the decision again to execute that because the main thing that a lot of people struggle with is getting is not accepting the circumstances that that they're in the sooner that you can accept the circumstances that you're in the sooner that you can make a decision to pivot and make a decision to move forward because yeah I, i find a lot of people at the moment are um sitting there being like oh i can't change these circumstances and they get hung up on a lot of things that they don't have power of um but You kind of need to sit there, accept everything that's happening and then work out what you do have power of, what you do have power to change. And I know that for you, Chris, as well, there's like so much opportunity at the moment. I'm thriving. Uh, I'm loving this. This My spirit animal is alive right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't understand how anyone can be bored at the moment. There's time, there's space and there are no competitors out there. (laughs) Mm, For sure, definitely. (laughs) I think the
2: biggest thing just to, you know, like just keep in mind, like... For me personally, I've, I've found that like, I'm just loving, obviously business has been affected Sure, for, for um, my PT business too. Going from fully, I already had an online model as well, mm. so it wasn't as bad. So same thing, just know what to do. Funnily enough, I'm, I'm indoors, but I have a backyard and I'm not going for like sitting on the beach or anything like that, but I've got more time outside Yeah. versus if you look at a traditional trainer, they're always in, inside in air conditioning. Go into the gym, workout, aircon, very commercial kind of space. For me personally, it's a huge wake up call too. Yeah, I know where Matt Fox was coming from now, why he loves outdoors stuff, outdoors <laughs> training so much now. Because personally, for me as well, like I thrive on just training in my garage with all my equipment and just having a fun time. Yeah. So how are you in control? Like, how do you maintain your lifestyle with all these things going on all the time?
1: Uh, you don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it I I go to like a lot of these um these keynote speakers and I always ask the same kind of question is how hard do you actually have to work at the start to get to where you are? And um I find that a lot of these uh, a lot of these events and a lot of people always talk about work life balance and how mentally you should be in a place where everything's balanced out and you shouldn't work too hard. I believe that to an extent if you have the luxury to be able to do that but i also believe that you have to work pretty fucking hard like and to give you and I, I always i always ask this question because i always need to get reminded of how hard people work to get to where they are so my parents for example because we grew up quite well off they were working 18 hours a day every every day on weekends on weekdays every single day to get to where they were and that's not that's not 18 hours of they're sitting around, like not really doing anything, but they're being productive for 18 hours a day, sleeping six sounds, waking up first thing they do is go back to work. And it, it's like that for a period of time and it's not going to be like that forever. But the the more you can do at the start, the quicker you'll get there and the quicker you'll have the luxury to be like, oh, I can get my work life in balance. But I think that gets lost on a lot of people, how hard you actually have to work. And the more I talk to The more I talk to entrepreneurs and the more I talk to people that are in the trenches event, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And you you really, and you'll probably find this as well, but you have to talk to someone specifically about how hard they had to work before they actually tell you how hard they had to work. So I've got a friend who, Ben Day, hardest worker I've ever met, woke up at five o'clock to open up his gym, ran his gym till 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, went and opened up Vassai Brothers, 10 to about 6 p.m. 6 p.m. to about 10 p.m. He was working at the gym and then going back home, going to sleep and then doing that exact same routine seven days a week. And it's something that you, you have to actually do and it's, there's no substitute for it because if you're going to build something, you actually have to work as hard as that. And if that's not something that you vibe with and that's not something that you want to do, then don't start a business because it's, it's not going to be for you. But if you love what you do, and you can celebrate all those wins then it's something that is going to be achievable and it's something that you're going to be able to do if you don't like doing that and you're in a situation where you don't enjoy what you do then by all means go get a job and work nine to five have your weekends have your holiday leave have your eight hour days and then go home and do whatever you want to afterwards but if you if you're looking to start a business you actually have to work and that's huge because <clears throat> yeah. i think like Everyone's looking for
2: that easy road. Yeah. Yes, you can pay people to do work for you. It's not going to look as good as what you do it or it's not going to have the same purpose as what you want it to have. And it, yeah, exactly the same. Like someone asked me like when I when I couldn't read at school or I couldn't write or I was like classified as having an intellectual disability. Yeah. What did I do to learn how to read and write? And I just spent hours every day to do that. What did I do when you know, I want to start a PT business and everyone said, you'd never make it because you've got an intellectual disability, made a PT business. What did I do when people said I wouldn't move overseas, moved overseas. It's had, you know, four jobs. It's a simple formula. You just have to do something and continue to do something constantly. Connect your dots, make your picture, color it in and then happy days. Then you can worry about like having a cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So many analogies. I can't help myself sometimes. (laughs) I know it's it's great. I love it. So for people listening in, what would you say to them right now? If you know, they are in isolation and we're all in isolation. What would you say to them? If they're, you know, they're in isolation, they want to, they've constantly said before that they want to start a business. We all know it's a great time now but what would you say to them what was what steps would you have for them to start their own business to get their mindset in the right frame of mind and to keep
1: looking after themselves physically and mentally okay cool limit snacking <laughs> <laughs> yeah you that's, that's that's been pretty huge even for me in terms of workout space treat it the same uh, think about it the same as you would treat I know a lot of you are looking at work from home and I'm sure when you found out that you had to work from home and you accepted those circumstances, you set up an office or you set up a a space or you set up a computer and you set up a specific space that you would go to every day to work. You need to treat your workout space the same way. So work out where that is gonna be, even if you have to move the couch every day, but know that that space there is gonna be your workout space. And then you can go there, move the couch out of the way, and that's gonna be, your gym for 40 minutes 20 minutes and i think that that's really important because a lot of people intuitively know that about an office space but it works the same way i run a gym so i know this a lot of people pay for the location and not necessarily for the actual training but they know i mean you felt this as well you go into a gym and then you automatically associate that with okay well this is exercise yeah you're creating that emotional home yeah exactly exactly and it's a lot easier to click into that your exercise mindset so that's really important i see a lot of people trying to just like find any space on the ground or just like trying to do it in front of the tv or so find out exactly where it, where it is and make that space your workout space and it doesn't have to be permanent but at least it's there in terms of in terms of more broad in general read books <laughs> you've got time there's pretty much no excuse but to go out and if you you hear it over and over again but the more books you read on average i think it's average people read 0.8 books a year if you're going to read one book you're already 20 percent smarter than most of the most of the population there or yeah you're in the top 20 percent of most of the population out there read books and be specific about what books you're reading so read books on what you want to excel at and then from there things will just kind of click so you don't have to have a business idea straight away but if you read into the subjects that you Appreciate, then business ideas will definitely come in, and they'll come in through problems that you you want to solve. And if there's no solution out there, then go out and solve that solution. And there's your business right there. That'd be my three tips. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Well,
2: and for people listening, in where can they find you if they want to just have a chat, or they're interested in training, or maybe they just want to check out like some of your model shots or get some inspiration? Cool. Where can people find you?
1: So we've got online programming, that'll be, I'm trying to keep that within, I'm trying to keep all my training tips, all my mindset tips and all that kind of stuff within the online training. So that's at www.calistud.io. So that's Cali Studio. You could probably just Google Cali Studio. And then other than that, if you find Winston Lam on Instagram, I usually respond to dms as much as i can yeah the more specific questions that you can ask the easier it is for me to answer Yeah, i answer a lot of dms but i always find i can give you the best answer if you're more specific with your, with your questions thanks for coming on today it was such a pleasure and i've got so many golden nuggets
2: this is great <laughs> yeah i love this this is, this is awesome i kind of just want to keep talking forever. yeah but yeah it was such a pleasure to have you on and no doubt you've got a bright future ahead like you're making such a big impact now already and, you know, I can only see big things for your acting, your modeling, your businesses, and your own like personal growth and the way that you
1: inspire and impact people. So thanks again for thanks, jumping man. on today. Thank you so much. This is the best thing ever. And um, I love listening to this, to this podcast.
0: Thanks so much for listening, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did enjoy that episode and you feel inspired or you think there's someone out there that needs to listen to it, share it with your friends and family and subscribe to this podcast because there's going to be someone out there that needs to hear this and who may be going through their own obstacle. And this might help them change their perspective and see the opportunities that are in front of them. Until next time, thanks so much again for listening in.